And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with Miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Money Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the proficient Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll present a 1953 classic radio western episode of Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. But it's time now for Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? The Music Edition. Lisa will play clips from famous songs and provide a statement about each song. And my job is to guess if that statement is real or ridiculous while you play along at home. Right, Lisa? That's exactly right, Carl. So I've chosen uh, what I say are iconic songs and ones that I appreciate. So I'll play short clips and um, let's see how it goes. All right. All right. So this first clip, well, I'll just play it and you let me know if you recognize it. So that's the police. Uh, it's the police. Every breath you take came out in 1983. That okay. is all true. Okay. Okay. Now here's your statement. All right. Okay? All right. This song was included in the 1986 movie Pretty in Pink. Is that real or ridiculous? Hmm. 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 I think so. I'll say real. Okay. That is ridiculous. Oh, man. But it was a really good start to the game. Ah. Uh, so it was included in the movie Risky Business. It was? It was, but not Pretty in Pink, which is what I said in the statement. So should I do what Mike said? Whatever my instincts are, go the opposite way? I don't know. At this point, um, I'm not sure your instincts are really applicable at all. (laughs) (laughs) My my instincts are insulted. They should be. (laughs) you got to get your instincts in order. That is a great song, though. Do you agree? I do. Yeah, I like that song. I like it, too. It's catchy. It is. Okay. All right. Yep. You ready for the next song? Yep. All right. Let's hear it. When the night is young and the land is dark. All right. So this is Stand By Me. This is Stand By Me, originally performed in 1961 by Benny King. Right. Okay. So here's your statement. Mm -hmm. Muhammad Ali recorded this in 1963. On an album called I Am the Greatest. Real or ridiculous? Real. Real? Yes. Here it is. That is correct. This is, is Cassius Ali? Clay or Muhammad Ali. Yep. He sang this? This is him. 
Wow. On his album called I Am the Greatest. He did great. Yeah, I thought so. No, I won't be afraid. No, I won't. I've never heard this before. Just as long as you stand, stand by. Wow, I got it. Wow, and you sure did. You did a great job. I know. I, I had to play it for you. I wanted you to hear it. I had never heard it. That's yeah. a great trivia it question. It sure is. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I do the good Kudos one. Kudos to you, Lisa. Thanks, Carl. I go that extra extra mile. (laughs) All right. I'll take 10 ones, two fives, or 10. You got it. And if you give me a 20, I'll give you 10 back. (laughs) It's a deal. I don't know about that, but okay. Uh, The next song, let's hear it. That's the Rolling Stones. It sure is. This is Gimme Shelter. Right. From 1969. Wow. Okay. Here's your statement. Okay. Martin Scorsese used this song in three of his films, Goodfellas, Casino, and The Departed. Real or ridiculous? Real. Real? It is real. You are absolutely right. I guess he liked it. He would like our show because we yes, use it would. as part of our theme That's song. That's right. Give him a call. Let's get Martin on the show. Let's do it. The, th- actually, in my opinion, I have his number on my speed in my, dial. In my opinion, the <laughs> yes. greatest director that ever lived. All right. Martin well, Scorsese. I actually have his number on my phone, so uh, during the break, I'll text him. And, you know, that's high praise because when you talk about, you know, Steven Spielberg sure. and, you know, Ron Howard, because I put Ron Howard up there, too, um, but, I, but I do think... Martin Scorsese is the greatest director that's ever lived. Well, I'm going to let him know that during the break. Okay. Okay? You mm-hmm. ready for the next one? Yes. Okay. I may not always love you, but long as there are stars above you. This is the Beach Boys. This is the Beach Boys. The name of the song is God Only Knows. It's from 1966. Can you believe that? Wow. Yep. You were 38 and I was three. Exactly. That's right. Yep, yep. How time flies. I know. All right, here's your statement. Brian Wilson was going to title this, What Would I Be Without You, before settling on God Only Knows. Real or ridiculous? Real. It is ridiculous. The title that he wanted to name it prior to God Only Knows was Fred. Only knows. Fred only Fred knows. only knows. I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know who Fred is. I don't but know either. Fred only knows who so, Fred is. <laughs> so I have two right and two wrong, right? That's correct. All right, we, we have, have time one for one go. more, yeah. All right, let's do it. Okay. Here we go. You never close your eyes anymore. A lot of people did this song. Yes, that's um, true. But this but particular the version brothers. is the Righteous Brothers yeah. in 1964. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sorry, my I mean, is that the Righteous Brothers? Yes. Are you sure? I don't know. Yeah, probably is, but go ahead. Okay. So they put the time on the single as five minutes, five seconds. So that radio stations would play it, the actual length is five minutes and fifty seconds. Real or ridiculous? Real. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so close, though. So what they did is they put the time as three minutes 
and five seconds. And it was actually three minutes and 50 seconds. All right. Well, well you did thanks, pretty Lisa. well. I got two out of five. That's, That's not that great. It's a good track record. Nah. All right. When we come back, it's gun smoke. You're going to love it. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Ready for a great adult Western, Lisa? I know, sure. You know, you're not a big Western fan, but I know no. your dad likes Westerns true. and your that dad listens to the show. Yes, he does. Mr. Matanki is out there <laughs> listening. And we have a good gun smoke for you and for all the rest of our listeners. William Conrad starred as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon in, really, I believe, the greatest Western on radio and TV. Um, It first came to radio in 1952 and lasted all the way to 1961. Of course, it made a tremendously successful transition to television with James Arness as Dillon. This is an episode from April 4th, 1953, called Jayhawkers. Here's William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon in part one of Gunsmoke. Around Dodge City and in the territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Mind to sit here and watch the plaza with you, Mr. Dillon? Oh, sure, sure. Sit down, Tester. Sit down. I got spring fever, I guess. I guess everybody has. That'll change soon enough. It will? Sure. As soon as the first trail herd hits Dodge. Yeah, I suppose. Them Texas cowboys. Mr. Dillon... They all are to be hobbled and have one arm tied behind their back all the time they're here. No, oh, I don't know, Chester. They're just troublemakers, sir. They're bad enough at home, but they're worse away from it. Well, there are plenty of bad men who never saw Texas. Yes, and there are darn few Texans who ain't bad. Uh, where'd you say you're from, Chester? Well... Waco, but that don't change my opinion one bit, Mr. Dillon. In fact, it just proves I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, here comes a Texan now, Chester. Look at his rig. <laughs> yes, sir, it sure is. Now, what's he doing here? Yeah, looking for somebody to shoot, according to you. You know him? No, sir, I don't. <laughs> But then most everybody I knew in Texas has been hung by now. I'm looking for the U.S. Marshal. 
You're wearing a star, so maybe you're him. Uh, sit down, stranger. You Matt Dillon? That's my name. All right. I'm Phil Jacks. I'm with a herd of 3,000 San Saba cattle about five days' drive from here. Name of the trail boss is Dolph Quince. Dolph Quince? Well, he was up here last year. Give him my regards, will you? You give them to him, Marshal. <laughs> well, I'll be glad to. You'll be here in about five days, you say? Uh, he will if we don't run into any more trouble. Said for you to ride back with me, Marshal. No? Well, did he say why? Huh? Didn't say nothing except for me to ride into Dodge and find you. Well, can you tell me what this is all about? It's about Kansas, Marshal. Kansas? We don't like it. Well, for heaven's sake, if you don't like it, why don't you stay in Texas? Instead of coming up here, raising all kinds of trouble, getting people's backs up, drinking, shooting, carrying I haven't on. even said hello to you, mister. Oh, I know it, and let's leave it that way. Chester, what's got into you, anyway? It's been mighty peaceful around here lately, sir. Now the first Texas herd ain't even over the horizon, and already there's trouble. Why don't you people drive your old mossy horn steers to California, anyway? Why'd you leave Texas, mister? What? <laughs> I know a Texan when I see one. You all riled up because you don't like Kansas anybody anybody else does. Yes, and I don't like Texas, neither. Texas is sure rough on women and dogs, ain't it? <laughs> My gracious, I ain't heard that since I was a boy. <laughs> all right, you got me pegged. I'll shut up. Oh, now we're getting someplace. You ready to go, Marshal? Well, Dolph Quince is a good man. He wouldn't have sent you here without a reason. Yeah, but Mr. Dillon, you Chester, can't go uh, suppose you take Jax over to the Dodge House for a good feed, huh? Looks like he could use it. I'll get ready and I'll meet you there in about an hour, huh? Well, yes, sir, but what about me? Well, like you say, there won't be any trouble till the Texans arrive. But <laughs> I'd like for you to stay here anyway. Yes, sir, Mr. Dillon. Come on, Jax. It's just down the street. Oh, uh, uh, don't shoot him, Chester. I'll never find that herd alone. <laughs> I ain't to buy him a drink first, Marshal, and just temper him down a little. Now, say, that's not a bad idea at all. Take your pick, Mr. Jax. We have a goodly number of very choice saloons here, Dodge. I hadn't been out on the prairie for some weeks, and I found its usual monotony broken a little by the freshness of spring, with great patches of green standing out against the natural sunburnt color of last year's grass. We rode over about 30 miles of it before dark, and Jacks figured we'd find the San Saba herd by evening the next day. And sure enough, an hour or two after we'd crossed the Cimarron next afternoon, we spotted the herd's dust ahead of us. We rode up to the chuck wagon just as the cook was hollering for the men to come and get it. Just drop your saddle anywhere, Marshal. I'll turn your horse in with a remuda. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Jack. Dolph Quince will be over there by the fire somewhere. Yeah, I'll find him. All right, Marshal, come on. What's he doing? I don't know. I can't understand it. Well, hello, Dolph. How are you, Marshal? Is fresh meat in camp? Ask the cook for a plate. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll go with you. I need some more coffee. You like Buffalo Veal? 
One of the boys roped and shot a calf this morning. Sure, I like it fine. Guess it was Buffalo that scared our horses last night. Old Remuda broke loose. Hey, Cook, give this man a plate of meat. Sure thing, Doc. Yeah, it looks mighty good. You know, Jackson and I haven't eaten since morning. Give me some coffee, will you? Yep. Thanks, Cook. Nesta woman came to the bed ground before daylight this morning. Huh? Yeah, I had a boy with her driving a wagon. Ask if we hadn't little calves that had been dropped during the night. Well, she probably picks up calves from all the herds that pass this way, huh? Yeah, we'd have to get rid of them anyway. So I let her have them. Even if she was a Kansan. Oh? Where was her husband? Dead, according to the boy. Oh, I see. You know, if it had been a Kansas man asked for calves, I don't think I could have talked these boys into allowing it. Oh, is that so? It sure is, Marshal. Say, you got any tobacco? Mine's a mite dry. Oh, yeah, sure. There you are. Here. Pick yourself a smoke. Thanks, Marshal. Tell me, Joff, have you seen any Kansas jayhawkers on the way up? How do you know, Marshal? Well, just a guess. Two nights ago, some of them jayhawkers managed to sneak up on Snyder over there when he was out on guard. They stripped him and flogged him and then stampeded the cattle. We had our hands full for the next few hours or we might have caught up with him. I see. Any trouble since? Not yet. Doth. A ordinary Kansan hates jayhawkers as much as you do. They're nothing but shifty, murderous criminals. They got started on the Missouri border during the war, and they got the taste of blood in their mouths, and... Well, now it's like they got no place to go. We can show them a place. They're bandits, that's all. You got bandits in Texas. That doesn't make every Texan one, does it? It's kind of hard to make the men see that, Marshal. Yeah, I know. I'll join you, if you don't mind. Sit down, Jack. Yeah. I've been uh, complaining to the marshal about our welcome here. Yeah. I hear the trail drivers buying off Jay Hawkers, two or three dollars a head. You see, three thousand head, that cost us... I ain't paying nobody nothing. Well, they ain't asked us yet, but I'll kill the first one I see anyway. Maybe they won't bother you again, huh? Marshal, every dollar I got's in these cattle and all the money my relatives and friends could raise, too. We've come a long way from San Saba and we're almost to Dodge. I'd hate to lose now. Well, Doth, I, I don't know quite what I can do. Raise a posse? Well, not for this sort of work. There'll be herds coming up from now into September. What about the army? Well, they're out chasing Indians, as usual. Well... Figured that at task, anyways. One reason I wanted you to come down here was to ride with us a few days, get to know the boys a little. They're in a bad temper, and when they hit Dodge, they're gonna be looking for Kansas scalps. I'll ride with you. I figured you would. You see, Marshal, the way we look at it, the good citizens of Dodge are out to fleece us anyway, and 
On top of that, they hire gunfighters to shoot us as soon as we kick up our heels a little. All in all, it makes for bad feeling. Well, there's some misunderstanding on both sides, I guess. Yeah, you and I know that. But they don't. Oh, say, Dolph. Hmm. I nearly forgot. What? A stranger rode up the remute over there and asked for a job. I told him to eat first. Must be crazy. Where is he? Well, I'll go get him. Dolph, hmm. I'd uh, like to stand guard tonight, huh? No need for that. Well, if I'm riding with you, I'll do my share of the work. All right. You go out with the second watch. The Wrangler will give you a night horse. Thanks. Here he is, Dolph. This is Dolph Quince, trail boss. Mr. Quince. Quince will do. Well, my name's Studer. Carl Studer. You lost? I don't know what you mean. Well, do you know we're only four days' drive out of Dodge? I was wondering if you could use a hand. For four days? That'd help. You must be awful hungry. I thought maybe you'd be driving past Dodge. Well, I'm not. We'll feed you from here to Dodge if you work. I won't pay you anything, though. I haven't got the money, and I don't need a hand anyway. Thank you. Hey, by the way, where are you from? Colorado. Then you ain't a Kansan. No. Good. Maybe the boys won't tear you apart. You'll be on the third watch tonight, student. All right. There's the sort of man spends his whole miserable life just looking for salt pork and sundown. Yeah. If that's all he's looking for. What do you mean? Oh, just an old habit of mine, Dolph. I wouldn't still be alive if I trusted everybody on first sight. You don't trust this fellow? No, he's probably all right. Still, I'd, uh, I'd keep him in camp, unless it's daylight. How come? I wouldn't put him on night guard, Dolph. <laughs> All right. Marshal, I always thought I led a hard life. Till now, I think you beat me. Hmm. Well, I got shot at more than you, that's all. <laughs> Maybe that's it. You better stretch out somewhere. You'll be out singing to those cow brutes in two hours. Yeah. Well, I'll see you later, Dolph. Breakfast at four. You'll find it don't take long to stay all night at this ranch. All right, that's the first portion of Gunsmoke with Jay Hawkers from April 4th, 1953. William Conrad along with Parley Bear. Parley is his deputy Chester Proudfoot. And a whole cast of other great actors, including Harry Bartell and Sam Edwards, Lawrence Dobkin, Jack Crucian, James Nusser. Uh, Gunsmoke always had the top, top actors, Lisa. And we'll get back to it in just a flash. Stay with us. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, and Suspense, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. 
Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows, along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Lisa Wolf and I co-host. In total, you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month. Become a Classic Radio Club member at ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com or call 815-900-7535. That's 815-900-7535. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, Lisa, we're back. This is Hollywood 360. And before we get back to Gunsmoke, I do want to remind all of our listeners that uh, we do have a club. We'd love you to join the club. It's called the Classic Radio Club. And each and every month, you will receive 10 of the greatest quality classic radio shows, super high-fidelity radio programs that we choose uh, very carefully from our 100,000 shows that we have under license direct from the master recordings, and we uh, we have a tremendous little booklet in there. Um, whether you get the five CDs each month or you get the digital downloads, you get the booklet, because if we email it to you, we email you a PDF of the booklet. But uh, the five-CD set is the way to go, right, Mike? We like that. Lisa doesn't. Yes, correct. <laughs> but we like the five-CD collector set. You get that sent to you in the mail. It's so much fun, you know, the brown... Box comes in the mailbox, and you, ooh, ooh, classic radio club. You know, and that's what I always say when I get mine. Well, I like the immediate gratification. I like the email, and I have it on my computer, and I keep it there on my phone, and it's always there. You're such a it takes up no space. Lisa, it's always kind of be the opposite of us. That's you know, true. I do whatever but, you like. I like the other. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this. We have more. We have more members that are on the digital program. But it's up to you, folks. If you want the digital program, that's uh, that's the way to go. Get 10 shows sent to you each and every month, plus the booklet. Or if you get the uh, CDs, it's a, it's a case. It's a really nice case. We change the color each month, and then the booklet comes in there, and you get five CDs. And we also, no matter whether you are a, uh, a digital member or a CD member, we email you the podcast of our show. Now that's uh that's normally five ninety nine a month. That's included in the classic radio club. So you really get a lot. Would love you to join it and uh, you'll be supporting this show and we really appreciate it. Classic Radio Club dot com. All right, we're listening to Gunsmoke. Uh, great episode. I just love I just love Gunsmoke. Is your dad listening? I, is Mr. Matanky listening? I know he was. I'm not texting him right now, but he does listen. So is he is he home or is he in Florida? He's in Florida. That yeah. is that's home for now. All right, all right. It's called Jay Hawkers, April fourth, nineteen fifty three. Here's the conclusion to Gunsmoke. Now the second act of Gunsmoke. I didn't have much chance that night to get to know the boys. On guard, two of us rode around the herd in opposite directions. 
singing or humming a little to let the cattle know where we were. And after two hours, we were relieved by the third watch. But at breakfast the next morning, the men treated me a little less like a gunfighter hired to shoot them when they got to Dodge. After the cattle had grazed for a few miles and we got them on the trail, I started to forget I was a lawman myself. Jackson and I were riding the swing of the herd when Dolph Quince loped up behind us. Hey, how's it feel to be a trail hand, Marshal? There's nothing to it. If I could sleep all winter like you do. <laughs> when would you spend your money? I already offered to trade jobs with the marshal. Dolph, you know where I found him in Dodge. Hanging a horse thief, I hope. Yeah, not likely. Sitting idle in a chair, taking in the sun like an old man. <laughs> Don't let it fool you, Jax. I've seen him move. Hey, you two crossed the Cimarron yesterday. What's it like? Oh, the water's gone down. You won't have any trouble. I was also thinking about the sand. It was sound where we was, Doc. Then we'll cross right there. You go up ahead and ride point, Jax. Lead us to it. Uh, take that new fellow Studer with you. I don't need him. I want him up front where I can see him. Okay. Hit him off. First crossing I tried last year had a quicksand bottom. It would bog a saddle blanket. Nah. Did you lose many cattle? Thirty head. Couldn't even dig your tails out. Yeah. You know, Dolph, I sometimes wonder if it's worth it to you, driving cattle up here. Texas is bankrupt, Marshal. The war broke us. All we got is these wild, long-horn cattle. Yeah, I know. But maybe there'll be an easier way someday. We'd starve waiting for the railroad. I suppose so. Anyway, the San Saba herd of yours is the first to reach Dodge this year. The prices are high. You ought to profit $20 a head. I hope so. What's Dodge like now? Been a year since I was there. Well, it's, uh... It's double its size. I got a new restaurant. A place called Delmonico's. Got about five new saloons. Well... A new barber shop. <laughs> With money in your pocket, Dodge could offer high-class entertainment. Well, almost anything you want. The boys will be glad to know... Hey, that's up ahead. Come on! Hurry! Look, they got a blanket. He's starting to stampede. Yeah. Is that Jack's horse running loose? Yeah. There's Jack's lying on the ground. They shot him, Marshal. Yeah. The man with the blanket, that's Studer. I'm going after him, Dolph. You take care of Jacks. There go the cattle. Head off. Get him, Marshal. Get him alive. I'll get him. As I followed Studer, a few shots whipped past my head, but they didn't come from him. They came from behind a small rise he was headed for. Whoever was shooting was still too far away from me to me to worry about. I wanted to take care of Studer first. And slowly the distance between us closed. 
I pulled my rifle out of the boot and I snapped one off at him. He threw up his hands and pitched forward out of the saddle. I glanced at him as I rode past and crossed him off as one jayhawker less. When I reached the rise, I jumped off my horse and ran up it on foot. Near the top, I got down and I crawled. When I poked my head over, there was only one man in sight. The other jayhawkers, if there had been any, had disappeared. This one was afoot and he was running for his horse. I took my time and put a shot into the cantle of his saddle. And the horse bolted. The man dropped behind a rock and lay there. He was only half covered, so I stood up. And a step at a time started toward him down the hill. That's far enough, mister! Go on back! You're in pistol range now! Stand right there, you! All right, fella. Put down and come forward. All I want's a horse, and I'll get out of here. We won't bother you no more. You sure won't. Just let me on a horse. Now listen to me. I'm a United States Marshal. You give up, and I promise there'll be no lynching. You'll get a fair trial. No! If you don't give up, you're gonna die. Right where you are. I'm coming after you. You just had to try it, didn't you? a bloody trail, Marshal. Yeah. I brought Snyder with me. After the whipping they gave him the other night, I figured he deserved to be in on this. Guess I'm too late. Looks like the Marshal's done taking care of everybody. Be glad you don't have to kill a man, son. I don't think I'd mind, Marshal. Yeah, I know. Tell me, Doff, how's Jax? Dead. No. Studer shot him in the back of the head. He was a good man. The boys have got the lead cattle turned. We'll let them mill around for an hour and then graze them out. Good. Uh, I left my horse over the rise there, Snyder. Would you get him for me, please? Yeah, sure. Come on. Looks like you walked right down onto this man. And I tried to take him alive. Like you asked. Guess I just wanted to hang him myself. Anyway, I'm glad he's dead. Yeah. Marshal, uh, we'll be burying Jax out here. I'm wondering if you might know how to do it. Maybe a prayer or something? Well, I... I'm not 
Yeah, I'll try, Dolph. Let's get back in. When we got back to where Jacks had fallen, the cook had driven the chuck wagon up and was busy fixing coffee for the men, even though it was far from noon. The cattle were spread out and feeding now. And one by one, the men rode up, sober and quiet, with just a glance at Jack's where he lay covered by his saddle blanket. A grave was soon dug, and with the end gate of the chuck wagon for a headstone, Phil Jack's was placed in the ground and covered with prairie earth. Their hats in their hands, the Texas men watched in silence. If you will, Marshal, we're ready now. Yeah. We brought nothing into this world. Neither may we carry anything out of this world. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. Even as it pleaseth the Lord. Yeah. Even as it pleaseth the Lord, so cometh things to pass. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 Oh, uh, Snyder? Yeah? Uh, I, I want you to do something for me, if you will. What? Well, I smuggled a quart of wagon yard whiskey out of Dodge when I came down here. The cook's got it hid in the chuck wagon. Well, now, Mark... It's not much, but it'll cut the alkali in your drinking water. Why don't you get it and pass it out to the men, huh? Mighty decent of you, Marshal. All that wants a drink of the Marshal's whiskey, get on over to the chuck wagon. There's times when a drink's good for a man's soul, Marshal. I guess this is one of them. I think Jax would approve. He sure would. Uh, by the way, Marshal, the boys all know how you handle them jayhawkers. Huh? It ain't changed their mind about Kansans much, but maybe they think a little more highly of the law around here, of the kind of gunfighter hired by the law anyway. That's good. Of course, it don't mean they won't hoorah dodge little when we get there. <laughs> I expect that. Sure. Come on. We got a drink coming out of that bottle, too. Three days later, the San Saba herd reached Mulberry Creek, about ten miles south of Dodge. And Dolph Quince decided to hold it there till he got it sold. So I said goodbye to the men and rode on into Dodge ahead of them. We'd meet again. In the plaza at the Texas Trail, at the Alifraganza. And I was sure of one thing. Short of gunplay, that particular bunch of Texas cowboys were going to be allowed to hoorah Dodge unmolested. 
Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were Lawrence Dobkin and Harry Bartell, with Sam Edwards, Jack Crucian, and Jim Nusser. Parley Bear is Chester. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Tomorrow evening, The Edgar Bergen Show with Charlie McCarthy presents a drama titled The Blue Egg of Happiness as its own comical Easter observance. Edgar's daughter, Candy Bergen, age six, visits the show, and we'll also hear from Jack Kirkwood, who plays a bear, Arthur Q. Bryan, who plays the Easter Bunny, and band leader Ray Noble, who plays a skunk. Remember, it's Bergen and McCarthy tomorrow night on most of these same stations, bringing you laughs along with Jack Benny, Amos and Andy, and the rest of your Sunday nighters on CBS Radio. George Walsh speaking. America's 45 million radio families listens most to the CBS Radio Network. That's Gunsmoke, April 4th, 1953. That was a show just before Easter, just like our show is just before Easter, Lisa. Um, it's called Jay Hawkers, starring William Conrad as U.S. Marshal Matt Dillon. Parley Bear is Deputy Chester Proudfoot. I'm, I'm, um, I'm surprised uh, they didn't mention Howard McNear. He was not in this episode. But uh, Howard McNear, of course, throughout the run was uh, Doc. You know, he played uh, Doc on the show. And maybe he was um, off for, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe he was on vacation or whatever the case may be. But um, he was not on this particular broadcast. Hope you enjoyed it. It is time now for uh, Sarah Knight Adamson. She's our Hollywood 360 national movie and television critic. And it's time for her segment, Sarah's Backstage Pass. Hi, Carl, and hello to all of our listeners out there. Tonight, I'm going to talk about the movie that's a box office hit, John Wick, Chapter 4. It's rated R. In continuing John Wick's search to defeat the high table, he finally finds a way to earn his freedom. Keanu Reeves and director Chad Stalinski reunite again for all to see this widely popular action star. Same device. Saying hello. You think your wife can hear you? No. Then why bother? Maybe I'm wrong. You're going to die. Maybe not. You'll see the desert in Morocco, the neon lights of Tokyo, and the beautiful sights of Paris. A new day is dawning. New ideas, new rules, new management. We've known each other since we were 
With a runtime of nearly three hours, you'll see John Wick falling from back-breaking heights, especially stairs, being tossed about by fast-moving vehicles. Meanwhile, he's punching, kicking, stabbing, and shooting his way through all of the armed assailants. The bottom line? Oh, three and a half stars out of four. I've seen all of the John Wick movies since 2014, and I enjoyed this one the best. The script is more developed, as are the characters. Wick is perfect in his role. And I really hope there's going to be another film. Thanks so much for listening in tonight. I'm Sarah Knight Adamson, your national film and TV critic for Sarah's Backstage Pats. Check out John Wick Chapter 4, playing in theaters now. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. With so much political turmoil happening here and abroad, there's never been a more important time to stay informed and empowered. And National Review is the place to turn for thoughtful, conservative options when it matters most. National Review covers the breaking news and cultural trends in our country with a simple goal, uncovering and publishing the truth. Where other media institutions are driven by partisanship and captive to their benefactors and advertisers' progressive agendas, National Review has remained an independent voice committed to defending American values and right reason. We love National Review here at Hollywood 360, and we think you will too. So if you're someone who's looking for conservative coverage, Lisa is going to tell you how you can check it all out for yourself. That's right. Right now, you can save 60% on any National Review subscription when you go to nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. That's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. Enter code Hollywood on the checkout page for unlimited access to the best of National Review. That's right. National Review, one of our new sponsors. Check them out at nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. Enter promo code Hollywood on the checkout page. All right, Lisa Wolf, in our next hour, we are going to tune into the Philco Radio Time. In fact, it's the uh, in fact it's the very first episode of the Philco Radio Time, and the special guest is uh, Al Jolson, the star of course being Crosby from 1947. And we're also uh, going to have learning the lyrics, right? right? We're going to learn some lyrics with songs that begin with the letter S. S. Right. Um, Any guesses? Superstar. Superstar. That's not really a song, though. Um, S. Um, <laughs> Saturday Night Fever. Ooh, good one. I should have thought of that, darn. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> that's in our next hour. We'll see you soon. <laughs> 